call him the big fella. The big fella's back on the show. And we're going to the life and times of Mavericks and UC Santa Cruz. This little number you have over there, whatever the heck, that's... Ricky Bobby Bowie. Looks like something out of the Jetsons. Yeah. Okay? We're going to call it Jetson, I think. And then uh, my friend uh, Grant Washman's back on the Outfit Radio Show. I want to thank the guys from the Old Prince of Atlantic for letting us sit here and have a beer and just tell stories. Yep. Don't talk about me. Worst, worst season ever, man. Huh? The worst season ever? Nah, I don't know. Hopefully not. But it's not what? starting out very good. I know we haven't swelled for a while, huh? Uh, usually we don't have to wait. Uh, but the sun uh, was yeah, good. Like it wasn't so good? Yeah, it but I, a good I swell down. Uh, I'm not a small wave trick person. I want some big waves, and the big waves usually come before Halloween or at least one day. So this is not... What's the smallest wave you'll good. surf? I'll surf the smallest waves. I, you know, but I don't hunt them <laughs> no i mean i had fun all summer you're right it was good i know you know that's nice but we all waiting for the you know the first north pacific swell to come and got new boards from mark andrini and oh you do go from mark try it yeah i actually have one of those in the car too yeah but what um, a character he, he's got we're doing that i didn't watch it but i, I really oh, love it. so he's we're great. going by we're going decade by decade right right i think now we were uh we're in the 80s okay and then it's just you know he's a great guy oh yeah yeah. No, he's got a million. What fascinates me is, is is the number of people he remembers, not just and their names. Like, dude, that's not me. Huh? I don't remember anyone. <laughs> I don't remember Mark though. Yeah, but what a neat guy and cheap man. Does Makes he write really great boards? Does he make your average boards? He is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, kind of sort of a random fun story. You know, that. he did bring you up once. You know. What? Did, oh, he yeah? didn't bring no, you up no, once no, in a conversation. It's all secretive. In fact, I can't even say I know. <laughs> My other shaping friends are like, stop talking about this edge boards. Yeah. Just go surf and we'll see if it works or not. But they work? They do, but yeah. we need a good couple swells to prove it. So. What's on the horizon? Starting, finally. I mean, waves. Yeah. You know, so hopefully before Thanksgiving we get at least a little bit. And um, and then you never know. Like, just because it starts slow doesn't mean it won't be a great year. But there's been, out of my 30 years, this is not... This is starting out as one of the worst <laughs> for Mavericks. Zero. What, what was your first, where did you first paddle out there? I uh, first saw it in 91. Yeah. In 92, January was my first uh, session. So you looked at it first. You looked at yeah. it first yeah. and then surfed it. Took a season to look at looking at it? No, I mean, nobody knew much about it. And yeah. a, a good friend, I only had one board, and a good friend of mine and I got them at the same time, and he went out to Mavericks and it went in the rocks, and I saw his board and that. That probably alone kept me from coming here for a month or two because you can't fix it. Yeah. Like there was nothing. It was like it got in a hammer fight. There was no fins, no nose. Destroyed. Yeah, I just you know. And at Ocean Beach, where I was surfing, if your board breaks, you could get it and put it back together. You know, like and that's kind of what I planned on doing. In fact, I did do it with that board. But so I was scared of, of losing my board. And I also I was from Connecticut, and I didn't really know if I was up for that kind of stuff anyway. Right. But right. we didn't know what it was until I literally until we saw it. There was no pictures or anything. So the first time I saw it was you know from from close was battling up to it. Like, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, that was scary. Very I, scary. And your uh, and uh, uh, your first wave that you surfed out there. When, when was that? And how big was it? You went okay. I can do. Yeah, I don't I know. Because I was a filmmaker. I mean, my plan was just to make, to make surf movies, and yeah. I was making one about Ocean Beach. 
thinking that those those outer bars was like the biggest waves in the world and i was like oh we're gonna catch the biggest wave in the world you know film it and i didn't think i would ride them so i was all i worked on nfl film stuff and i was getting um, short ends of, of motion picture film and shooting it at ocean beach and then and uh yeah, Mavericks, we heard about it, but, like, everybody, I think, shared that, like, it's a big fish story. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't believe it, you know? Yeah. So I hadn't been here very long, but I would drive up and down the, the year that I was here, and everywhere I went was smaller than Ocean Beach. So if we are out at Ocean Beach on the big day, if you went to Scott Creek or Santa Cruz, it would be smaller, you know? And so I was like, I don't want to go to these other places where are crowded and, and waves are smaller, like the big waves. And then Mavericks... Uh, you know, people said, no, this is bigger. And I didn't believe it until there was one specific photo that my roommate took, and I was in the water surfing Ocean Beach when he took the photo, and it was, it just it blew me away. It was like twice as big as, as you know. Did it frighten you, or did it frighten you, or did it excite you? No, I was excited. I don't remember being scared. I remember thinking, throw away my other movie. <laughs> like, that was it. I was just like, oh my God. It just, that that was the same day because it was the biggest wave that we ever seen. And this was a kind of a medium big day at Ocean Beach, but yeah. it was like 40, 50 foot wave Here. at Mavericks. Yeah. And that's 30 foot waves at Ocean Beach, which are big. But it's so focused and huge down here comparatively that, you know, if you're waiting around to catch a giant one at Ocean Beach, it's going to be a lot harder to get one that big. And yeah. you have to wait for a much bigger day to get one that big. So, yeah. So, yeah, so that reframed it. Yeah. And then I was interested. Did you go up there first as a photographer or as a surfer? No, I was going to go surf. And, yeah. um, and I had surfed enough. I was young and I was fit and, like, I was just totally into it. And my neighbor was Mark Reniker, Doc, Doc Reniker. And yeah. he was like, come. And they couldn't get anybody to go with them, really. And they're like, you come. You're fine. You do fine. And I was like, okay. And, uh, and, yeah, there was Richard Schmidt was out and Vince Collier and... Jeff Clark and a couple other guys, Sean Rhodes. I remember watching those guys and they were all catching just bigger waves than I knew anyone ever rode, you know? And yeah. I was sitting on the side just, just getting a feel for it, but I did catch a few and I yeah. pretty much, just, I don't remember, I, I know I wiped out on one, but it wasn't scary, I was way on the side. Yeah, did you, did you do any training for it? Or just, um, no, I was just no. surfing all the time. Just, uh -huh. yeah. just Ocean Beach is good training. Yeah. That's all we did is surf, you know, yeah. close out beach breaks all the time. But Get in, get out, and go. But I was hooked, man. I, I caught a couple, but I was more about seeing, I saw Richard Smith's big giant barrel that was a, became a port tag for O'Neill. I watched a couple other ones and I was like the last guy in the parking lot just sucking it up you know like everything was so much more gnarly like I had a what I thought was a big board it was a 9-0 and I had what I thought was a thick leash and it was not and I see these guys with like cable you know ties to, you know like yeah so much more heavily built than what I was used to yeah and Jeff was like a carpenter so his like like stuff was like robust you know what I mean and, yeah. and um, the game is just so much more heavy like I, like in East Coast where I grew up you could have a board your whole life you like yeah. you get a ding in it and you're like oh no you know because you want to don't let it but here you break in boards every week you know yeah. like they just don't get attached to them because yeah. there's nothing you can do you can make it entirely out of wood yeah Still gonna it's break. still gonna break. Yeah. Got concrete gonna break. It was like such a mind blow thing. It was like the best. I don't know. I was super hooked, and I didn't think I was gonna ride them, but I wanted to be there for it. Yeah. Did, you, did, did you enjoy surfing the contest? Yeah, you know, like that was later. I mean, there was always the Eddie from when I was a kid. Yeah. So when I I was 18, I remember. Um, that was the one time that big waves were on TV, you know, in the old days when there was no internet or cable or nothing. And, yeah. Yeah, a ABC, I think, had had that, the Eddie. And I was 18, and Brock Little was 18, and I remember he, he did well, and I was thinking, wow, like, we're the same age, 
And um, but again, I never thought I would do it. I just loved it. Yeah. And I was affixed to it or like obsessed with it. And then um, I did have some weird dreams that I dreamed I was in a contest with Brock Little. Yeah. And I, and I, I was in college in Connecticut, and I'm thinking. And I remember holding up the magazine to my roommate. It's like, hey, uh, the guy that took the picture later and said, you think I can ride these? And he was like, go back to bed. Buddy. You're joking. So, so I never really aspired to it. I just loved it yeah. enough to get. That's how you, I got out here. You attached to the hit this, this, with this wave out here. Your whole, career, your, your whole career has been around that wave, huh? Yeah, but it was not just that. It was just big waves, you know? Yeah. It's like I, that's what I came looking for. And I was on my way to Hawaii, I think, yeah. after school. And then when I got here... I was waiting for this other roommate of mine that was going to go uh, on the trip, and he was late graduating, and we, I ended up seeing how big the waves were, and I was like, I want to go to Hawaii. Like, there's so many big waves here, and there's no people. And, um, you know, what I was hunting was here. You know, I just didn't know it. Yeah. Nobody knew it, really. So, so, But I was after the idea of the big waves, and Mavericks was a perfect place to learn it, but then even after that, I was excited about Cape Town and Peru and Spain, you know, like... But, you know, new big wave spots are super cool, too. Like Nazareth. Yeah, I think I would have liked that when I was younger. <laughs> now I'm like, eh, I don't know if I need to go there. Yeah. Right, with 100 foot. But that, that, that way, you get, that way you get to get past You can get right. towed into No, no, you can catch them. You can? Yeah, Nick Lamb caught a pretty big one. Did he really? But the thing is, like, you're going to get smashed, you know? Yeah, you're going to get smashed. So in the old days, that was what I was good at. You know, like, I loved that I when a big giant set would come and smash everybody, like, I was going to be good, you know? So that's how I could kind of do well. I remember there was a photo you sent to me. I don't know where it is. I got it somewhere where you were, you were, you were looking up at, like, a 60-foot wave. Yeah. I think you were on the left side, from the left. Yeah. And I think you were, you were looking up going up. Oh. Going down, yeah. Huh? Yeah. No, those were the scary times, so... I don't know. I mean, I was I was always attracted. I never wanted to die. I don't want to die, but I loved the idea of the big waves. It was like the sacred hobbit quest for me. And then finding it to be bigger than you imagined it to be and like more exciting than you thought it could have been. Like all that stuff was like it overachieved, you know, all my dreams. And then... What about your family though? Like Kathleen, I just think, no. honey, I'll be back to see you tonight. I'm going to go surf for 60, some 60 foot waves. Is she going... imagine she like some people would think oh you'll grow out of it or whatever but most anyone that's you know she, i think she realized at some point before we even got married that this is how it is you know i can't i can't not be there i can't i, I can't be happy if i'm not like part of whatever we're doing and and um you know that she'd rather me be happy and and come back than be sitting home complaining and be super miserable so it's it's like i think trust too that i'm not being stupid i'm gonna stay within myself and not take reckless chances yeah yeah you know, that's part of it you mentioned the goat greatest of all time peter mel yeah he's still he's the best guy out there yeah we had a fun conversation about it um other guys i mean for who can surf that well for that long you know to find someone that's been like that so i think at mavericks he was always one of the best from the very beginning yeah and um and he's still you know so i think it's pretty hard British, to compete how about 2010 when british the british victory yeah i mean we'll check pete's wave during that though like i mean there's like and twiggy caught it like a 10 in one heat and then didn't get any waves the next heat so yeah, British outlasted it in a way. Carlos Brelay, um, some of these guys are just, you know, wipeouts don't stop them. No. Myself, like, I cut a couple of wipeouts and I'm like, all right, I'll take 12th or whatever. Take that what? 12th place or, you know, like, I don't, 
I'm not driven to the point of like I need this. And yeah. some not that that's what they're doing, but some guys just the more they get beat on, the more they go for it. You know, and yeah. and Bernard and Carlos are two guys that outlasted that. Yeah, you know, 2010 was I think super. Wanted, I think if I remember the story, I've interviewed him a few times. Do well because he needs make make a check. Oh yeah, he so borrowed he, money to come because yeah. he to get home. No. And I knew it was funny because I was sitting on the side. And I've known him for a really long time. I started with him this first time he came out here before I went to Cape Town and all that. And um, he nobody knows what the score is, and nobody had been making them. Carlos was just wiping out, and he was piling back. And I said, Chris, just make one. Just just take an easy one and make it because that'll get you a six and you you win. <laughs> <laughs> but, and he didn't think he won even at the end. Did he really? Because yeah. you don't know. It's hard to tell what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Yeah. You sort of hope that your waves are good and theirs aren't. <laughs> but you With can't. this new contest, which is called what? Mavericks. What's it called? A new contest? Not even a contest. It's, a... it's just like a seasonal awards thing. And yeah. that's similar to what was the XXL. Mavericks awards. Yeah. Do you think it's going to work? Well, it's done a couple of years. And, yeah. you know, the idea is... It's not about a single day. They try to pick out the rides from the whole year and, and give the, the people the, the same as uh, the XXL Awards was doing. So the, the the best barrel of the year, the best big wave of the year, the best performer of the year. Do you think people are going to put the going to put the video donate their videos to you know the judges or they care? It's 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 got to be. It's hard to do it in a way that's going to be fair and like you know hold up under scrutiny so that's the problem is like is everyone going to agree with the choice you have a panel of judges and a bunch of footage but you don't judge anymore you're not judging for it right now i'm going to try to win this year so yeah um it's it's hard uh, you know all these things are difficult and you're never going to get everybody to agree on how to do it um you can appreciate the the, the the effort or the idea of supporting the surfers but a lot of times it's sort of like it doesn't work out and but do you think the, from the from the past do you think, think now that the Mavericks is there was a lot of fingers in the pie trying to you know make money and profit from, from the wave it's now uh, disappeared now now just now it's become a video contest or, oh, that's, no. people still involved yeah no people are coming everyone's it's too exciting and fun and, and you know everybody has their own view of vision of what the, how they could do something special with it and um I think that's sometimes a disconnect is the surfers that are that are really out there all the time versus someone who has a vision of it and how they think they can market it or you know. Yeah, you just see you, you, let's, say, let's say you had let's say you had full control. <laughs> what would you what would your vision be for that way? Would you just leave? At this point, honestly, it's been really great to not have like the one-day events because if unless it's run really well, it's it's divisive and, and like it cuts people out. People feelings are hurt, and even sometimes people get invited feel unlucky like they got judged unfairly or whatever so even if you're one of the lucky 12 that get picked to be on the thing that doesn't mean they're happy and then there's a hundred people that feel like they got left out so at this point there's so many good surfers i think it's better to have something kind of open criteria because to, sh to shut it down and lock it down um, and exclude people and say a year like this like if we don't get any like you know some years there's only one or two days so you're going to take that away from like you know the whole group but, yeah, yeah, but do you does anybody care? I mean, there's no audience anymore. There won't be an audience. No, there would be, but at the same time, the, the people that I feel like we should give the deference to is the people that are out there all the time surfing it all the time. And that, if you're not a rock star, that's fine. But to, um, to be asked to, like, set aside your lifelong passion to, like, 
let someone run a little circus is, you know, most of the surfers were already against it a few years ago, and if they were to come out right now, unless it's done really, really well, you're going to have mostly a, a position, you know, people not stoked because why would they be? They're not invited. They're told they can't surf on their favorite spot on the favorite day. And then they see someone else, you know, getting a bunch of money for it. So it's just, I don't know. I would keep it open for now and, like, who knows in the future and potentially there's other ways of doing it. But it's not another question, just leave it alone. Yeah, it's, it's, to tell people they can't come or they're not invited yeah. is always harsh, you know. And, like, yeah. how you decide and who decides is super important. And you put that over every session of every day because everyone wants to know, how can I get invited? Oh, we have to do something this weekend. So... To think, oh, if you put a event together, it doesn't influence everyone's whole season. Yeah. You know, not just at Mavericks, but other spots. Because you know, what you do at Jaws could get you invited to Mavericks. So, yeah. you know, that's why I think it's it's hard for people to envision how big a footprint it actually has. Your best wave out there was. Do you have one that yeah. sticks out in your mind? It's funny. You only remember all the really well, bad ones. The yeah, the good ones. Too. I don't know. I'm having a lot of fun now, being old, and uh, I'm surfing these single fins that Mark's making, and I'm. You know, I don't know that 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 fun factor has not decreased for me. Like I'm, I'm super enthusiastic. I'm so psyched to trade this new board, and I know the wave really well now. So I have ideas of like where I want to get to, and it's not so much backdoor the biggest one. Like maybe you know, in the old days I was like on a wait around for the biggest one. Now I kind of I'm happy with medium ones, and yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm okay for a big one. But um, yeah, how to how to get going really fast off the bottom you know there's a real freedom when you catch a good one you, you just like like kai feels all of his old life like batman like you're just so you're going so fast and you just it's so cool um to have that control and that um you know that that rush but then also then like my man when you surf it it's kind of like over you know like unless it's a full like walled up one mavericks gets better in the inside of the middle it's super intense so most of the really heavy wipeouts and like stuff is sort of in there, <laughs> which people don't necessarily see, but it's also some of the most fun surfing. So I can't wait to get my new boards on that stuff. And, and um, you know, some of my best rides are the ones I remember more recently. And your worst wipeout was? The worst wipeouts. Uh, Do you remember that one? Yeah. I mean, the, the thing about the wipeouts are it's not the one or the fall, but the whole the ordeal of it yeah and we i learned quite a bit even this year about how we hold our breath how we stay calm and greg long who's like basically a you know ninja at this and you know 20 years younger than me and teaching me a lot of explaining that your brain's like a big muscle is using tons of oxygen even if you're doing nothing it's like you're doing squats you know so if you're if you're underwater panicking you're, you're burning through oxygen because your brain is just like you know, playing out all these scenarios and it's like losing, you know, air. And so sometimes in the old days, totally unknowing this, I would get totally smashed. You just you have no fear because you don't, it's, it's like a frozen in the headlights thing or something where your body knows, like you're screwed. If you do anything, it's going to hurt your chance of survival. So staying calm is the only thing to do, just kind of wait for it to go away. And that's the thing that all of us that are really into it are able to do. But why that works is so interesting. It's like, if you just don't do anything, you actually have a lot of time. So if you start spazzing out, not just swimming, but thinking about, you know, panic, yeah. uses up the air. So so being able to stay in that calm spot and, and to understand why it feels like you need a breath, but you actually don't, and then how much longer you actually have. And 
So we found out this year that the women that are acting in Avatar held their breath over six and a half minutes. They did? Yeah. Wow. Because they were filming underwater and they couldn't have any bubbles. Wow. And Tom Cruise had set the actor record for camera underwater or whatever. And they both beat him. The Gertie Weaver and the, and the other girl. So... So for us, I mean, you know, like that's that gives me a lot of confidence because I know that those, if they're trained, you know, these actresses are able to put their minds in a calm state and use, you know, not use up all their air. Six and a half so minutes. That's what we should be able to do. Yeah. Do you think those new wetsuits for the CO2, that's now inviting people, that's inviting people out to Mavericks? And that shouldn't be there, or, or, big, or to serve big ways that shouldn't be there, because now you have this, you know, almost kind of like a lifeline. Yeah, it's weird, though. I mean, the jury's out on how much that really helps, because back to, like, holding your breath, it's probably not the problem, you know? Like, if, you, if, every, if all of us can hold our breath for a couple minutes, like, no hold down is a couple minutes. So it's more about what, why are you so short of air. Yeah. So if you're out of shape or you're, um, you know, panicking, but the vest doesn't guarantee that you come up because in that turmoil there's a number of people have had multi-wave hold downs with the vest so if if you think it's going to be a get out of jail free card you're wrong and similar to the rescue if you're held under no one can get you you know like twiggy had this huge wipeout a couple years ago 60 foot wave there's every jet ski person in the world they can't get them until five waves so you better know how to deal with it you know the jet skis aren't going to get you and his thing failed or he pulled the wrong string or whatever um so at the end of the day, I don't think it actually, um, you know, sends too many people too far into where they shouldn't be. The jet ski is a, a little bit more concerning, and that impacts everyone. You know, if I have a vest on and I inflate myself, I don't knock people off the wave behind it. Yeah. If if someone drives in to get me because I fell off on the one, you know, before the big one, the wakes of the jet skis from the guy rescuing me go up the next wave so i've been a lot of times in the position where you're trying to catch a wave and the, someone wave fell down. off and there's a bunch of chops coming in and, and that's critical you know like yeah. you could be on your toenails like right. barely hanging on and yeah. that little one foot knock you off. yeah yeah so i would argue that we wish to just keep them out you know like, yeah. it's too dangerous to in to insert yourself in there where you might hurt someone else and as a surfer i wouldn't want to hurt the other guys because of my mistake just, just leave me be unless i'm you know, clearly unconscious or clearly too a pull down or you know, shoulder or whatever. So we'll see. But I don't know. I mean, stuff stuff equals out, right? Like the waves. You know, whatever technology we have, we had no leash. Everyone's like, oh, you got a leash now that you know, whatever. It's a new tool, but still, it's super overpowering and it will settle the score. Yeah. So we'll see. And you brought me your you brought with you this yeah, toy. This little toy. His name is Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. Yeah. So my, they, 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 I'm serious. My, the kid that's at Santa Cruz, she was younger when they first had it, and they go, "Oh, do you guys want to name it?" And they were watching that show. Uh, Will Ferrell. Yeah. So was like, his name was, <laughs> was Ricky Bobby, and he came up on the internet with it. it was like Ricky Bobby Buoy, and here's the data. But what he does is he's a personal spotter buoy, and he's able to give us a NOAA buoy report and then some. Like he can tell every single wave that comes by, give us angle interval uh, temperature wind and that but uh we were able to see the set from last spring that was that caught us all inside you can pick it out of the data set these two waves that were much bigger than the rest of them and actually see the buoy got pulled north before the set came so all the surfers that were waiting for the set got pulled into the pit just before the biggest set came Uh, and that was really cool for me to be on the lake 
see. You know. This information you get from this is immediate, right? It's immediate, and there's quite a bit more that is that you have to like download, and, and it, it, it captures a raw data set that's much more in-depth than a normal buoy, but it's projecting every 10 minutes an average that's more accurate than a NOAA buoy, but it's capable of doing a lot of other how, how special stuff. The, how close to the closest NOAA buoy? The, the Half of Bay buoy is like uh, quite a ways out southwest. Yeah. And then you have San Francisco Bar buoy. And then, you know, we're using Point Reyes and Point Arena. And, you know, but so it's not. Get, this can get closer. This is closer, but it really does tell us what happened, like what hit us, you know. So it's just enough time, maybe a minute or two from where it went by this buoy to when it, to we caught the wave or it hit us. But there's some farther out, deep, deep in the water to like give us an indicator. But to understand like what we're actually riding, you know, the NOAA buoys don't give us the data set to be able to tell us which one we got and how big was that. What, so this is one, it, what has it, just from your own personal use, what has this given you that you didn't, have, you didn't know before? Yeah. What did you learn from having this in the water close to the wave? Well, that first thing was that a lot of times we'd be triangulating our spot. It's really important to be in the right spot at Mavericks. And before big sets, a lot of, I would I would feel us moving, like the group getting pulled in, and I was. Yeah, yeah, but it was that, it was that 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 would happen, and then a minute or two later, giant waves would come. So these waves aren't visible yet, but the current switched before they came, and then you'd start to connect that. Like, wait, the last time this current switched, a minute and a half later, we all ran for our lives and barely got away. So the current switch, and I tell everybody, look out, oh, I think maybe one's coming, and then sure enough, one comes. So this showed it, like that happened. It's not for every angle. But then the, there was sets at midnight, at 3 a.m., at 5.30. There was three-hour lulls on that day that the big set caught us in the morning. So we went out there at about 8.30. Yeah. There was no big waves for like three hours. Right. Plenty of Mavericks waves, and we were surfing them. But then this two waves come, and if you had seen what, the, the data set, you so what, what you were surfing that time was what, 20 like, foot? It was like, what, 30 foot faces, like okay. 15, it was like a 10 to 15 foot. What, what two waves came? Yeah, like a proper 20 foot Hawaiian, which is like 40 to 50 foot, and they and they caught everybody. And that's one thing that I'd say, like, I don't ever really remember where everyone got caught. Like, no one got away, even, you know, Manny and, and Ion or whoever, uh, Ryan Sealback, and then the guys all the way on the side that were just sort of watching, they got caught, and the people deepest and waiting for the biggest ones, they got caught. And, and like Manny said, I wasn't even close. Like, by the time he saw it, the best thing he could do is paddle at it and take his leash off and swim under. That's how fun it is. Someone goes, did anybody catch one? Like, they didn't even get close enough to even try to paddle over one, let alone catch it. That's crazy. So, so we learned, and we could see that there were none yeah. for three hours at a time. Right. You know, lots of small, middle ones, and then these come. And we knew that that's the case, that, that we've seen that before, like really lonely days and that kind of thing. Um, but the way that that was created by a typhoon that had moved across and then reformed into another storm, and that created a sort of overlapping double swell that we call like an overachiever, where that would be the one where everyone mispredicted it. Like, that no one guessed that there would be a 50 foot wave on a day that was supposed to be, you know, smaller. Did all surface have made, has everyone available, has there available to get, to get the information off of this? Yeah, it's, we're gonna, I mean, it could be, it's not gonna necessarily help you right now. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah it could, but it, with the, the broader network and understanding of everything could definitely help you. It definitely can tell you exactly what's going on right now, whereas the webcam, you have to watch it for a while to see. Yeah. So the buoy is going to show you like the whole hour with, with the actual you know heartbeats on it, whereas yeah. if you're looking at the camera, you're only seeing that two minutes. So if there's a, or however long you look, you know, right. if there's a 30-minute set, uh, you know, lull, then 
the movie will show that, whereas the cam, and you have it, to watch is it. Is this yours? No, um, it's called So Far Ocean, and uh, this is uh, my little you know, demo partner. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's super interesting. And, uh, who knows where it'll go, but there's quite a lot more to learn. And, uh, I mean, you can tell from right now, like, how, how many times we're off on the swell. Like, when we think it'll be big and it's not, or we thought it would do this and it does that. Um, you know, starting to understand why, you know, like, is it predictable or is it, you know, could we have foreseen? And I think we all, you know, like the old fishermen, like everyone has a sixth sense, but is it, is it like magical knowledge or are you actually tuning into stuff that you're not aware of? Like that current thing, like, like, I think I was starting to get the feel of it before I actually put it together. You know, I was like getting like sort of my nervous system was like, Hey man, last time this was bad, you know, like, so those are the kind of things that we compared to what we knew 20 years ago, it's massive difference. What do you think you're going to know 10 years from now? Yeah, like, I could definitely imagine uh, a lot uh, of advancements with that, where you have a little watch on you, gives you a little alert, like, here it comes. And then, you know, they have already, you can see someone's whole session, like, guys can show what they did all day. Um, So to match those things, and and each time that you can do that, that you're going to unwrap some of that mystery, you know, like, why? Like, why did that one feel so much bigger or felt, you know, more intense? Or why do we all get caught inside? So we know now what to be watching out for from last year for those big cleanup sets. <laughs> uh, go back to you know, cinematography, making, fil- making yeah, films. Yeah. Uh, what, what, do you got, what do you got coming up? Anything, you, anything yeah. in the works? Yeah, well, some fun stuff with the buoy. Um, the 20-foot uh, Hawaii uh, is 20-foot plus uh, game. So we're going to be bouncing around from mostly here, but there will be a little Portugal action in Hawaii. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's kind of like all the best guys signed up to, or, and women to be part of this group, and they're going to produce media and have uh, you know non-event uh, special broadcasts. And hopefully we can get some footage. You know, sometimes the contests aren't the best for getting footage because you have to stay out of everybody's way. Yeah. And you're trying to cover every wave. And if, you, if your whole goal is to really get really great shots and of the best rides, you don't got to cover all the rest of it. And you're not super worried about keeping it fair and like not moving the camera angles and stuff. So, so you're padding out. Around. You're padding out there with, with your wetsuit, your fins, and your camera. Yeah, I don't like my fins. I, I'm, I'm a board guy. Oh, you, I have you little, the, little you legs. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, Mike Prickett on uh, Maui, the salt and air guy, yeah. he worked on the Mavericks movie with us. He's got these little uh, toys that he's setting up for me. Yeah, I like to be able to pull it out and, and surf with everybody, but then take some shots. And then when you're tired, you know, boats and jet skis or stuff are good for filming from. But I really want to be in the water as much as I can. And those are the shots that I that other people can't get. So we focusing on that. So. <laughs> uh, recently, I, was, I, went, I sat down with Bob Pearson and Frosty. Ah, yeah. And watched Chasing Mavericks at a friend's house. And, of course, you know, had to hear, had to hear from Frosty every five minutes. Right. Uh, but he, you know, oh, sure. Uh, Frosty had to talk. Yeah. Well, you should be proud of that movie. Yeah, you know what? I had a funny relationship with it because I was from the beginning to the end part of it, and uh, there's versions of it that are better. And they, and I think I, one of the things I worked in film forever, but there are there's reasons bad movies end up getting made, and it's because there's so many cooks in the kitchen. People are making it worse and thinking they're making it better. Yeah. It's like they they envision a very stereotypical like after school special thing you know where we're all like oh god you know that's like bang your head cheesy yeah they think oh that's exactly what we wanted you know like they made the cheesy after school thing that they were hoping to so um it could have been worse it was worse we fixed it um jay was a great guy and very deserving of it and 
you know, there's a hidden, uh, you know, pirate edit or whatever that that's not available for anyone. But that it could have been great. Yeah, yeah. I think it was okay. And, yeah. You know, that's unfortunate, but that's how it goes. <laughs> oh, yeah, Hollywood got involved. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's just can't imagine it's just i have hundred stories of stuff where you're like wait why are we using this They're like oh we already paid for the special effects guys to put the fake dish on the back of the shot like but we were gonna not that's a crappy shot and right. like, oh well it's like two hundred thousand dollars have been spent on the wrong clip so we're showing that one and that's when gerard looks kind of like he's gonna fall off his board like guys the other shot doesn't have the clip you don't have to do the thing like oh no they already pre-agreed to pay the guy for the effect so we have to use this and yeah yeah but, so, but again, it, it, jerry like, you like look you, cooler in this he's like yeah yeah i think I'm, i think i'm cooler in here sounds like money ran the whole project but you know what gerard butler was really cool mm -hmm. and he really wanted it to be good and we had a lot of fun and, and the casting the, the main guys as real people was helpful yeah and um really i think what happened was curtis got sick and that's the, the director was one of the last old directors in hollywood that could like kind of push the studios back and, yeah. and make the movie he wanted and when he got sick he left and yeah. the new director was basically yeah. didn't care yeah. and yeah. it was kind of like and the studio guys I and mean, it's like it's pretty funny it's not gonna be a movie about you who would, who would play you oh man no we can't make a movie about me <laughs> I'm like, you no. so who, who, who deserves a, who deserves a movie do you think anybody out there like this Pete deserve one do you think oh man I think we need to wait a while right I mean, yeah. Pete deserves one but I don't know no they're doing I mean there's another there's other projects happening yeah. I don't know which ones to explain talk about I mean Big Wave Surfing is deserving of a thousand movies a hundred uh, stories right here all over the world super intense stuff a lot of really great people and uh, you know Big Wave Surfing Big Wave Surfing Surfer, like it's just different. Yeah, something sure. in their brain is just not. Yeah, but then point break or whatever comes. Oh my God, does it always have to be that? We're not all that bad. Um, yeah, man. You know, I think I can understand why. Way back in the old days, you know, Gidget ruined it, right? Like yeah. they were all like surfing was cool, and then the right. Hollywood guys made a movie and wrecked it. Um, but Big Wave Serpent has to. It will be cool no matter what. And I think particularly the paddling into big waves is like sort of timeless challenge and uh you know toe surfing i think will eventually fall away because they don't need a jet ski when your board could have a jet yeah <laughs> so yeah. then that'll be like okay who's surfing right so back to like who can catch them that's like a really uh, intense challenge and yeah. and that's not going to change and the equipment's improving well, i have a funny interview with jay moriarty and i asked him you know what what in the future could happen with big wave surfing and he was like he really wanted to answer and he was having a hard time he was kind of like I don't know, man. Like, we, yeah. I guess people could go for bigger ones, but geez, you know, like, we go for really big ones already, and I guess they could tow into bigger ones, but, you know, it was like he couldn't really see past it, and I feel like on the normal waves, the future is smaller boards and better surfing. Like and Kai Lenny. Well, all these kids, everybody. The kids are doing crazy. It should be like a big quantum leap in performance yeah. where everyone looks at a video and you know, okay, that's from 2020 later. Um, but then on the giant waves, you know, the guys are training. They have more knowledge. We have more data. We have more availability to put them in the spot to be able to catch waves that are bigger than anybody else has caught. And it's happening already. So what Jay was trying to envision, having a hard time seeing, is clearly 
within reach. Like these guys are going to catch waves a lot bigger than we thought we could catch because with all the advances and all their training and their you know fearlessness and exposure to the other stuff, right, towing and whatnot, yeah, like it's happening. So um, you know, Renaissance time, kind of big waves. And, and honestly, I, I really I feel like it. Mavericks is ripe for for better riding and more intense. We just need a couple good years because there's a lot of really qualified people, you know, from all over the world. Too. Yeah, oh yeah, right. Is the public available to get the information for this or no? Yeah, like I figured out, like right now it's just kind of a very sciencey. But the idea of like interfacing it for the public for sure is what you do, and uh, you know only a really good surfer is going to be able to make use of some of it. But it would be helpful for everybody to know what's going on right there. Yeah, just for Mavericks, it's like it's perfect. Right? But if you're yeah. surfing Ocean Beach, it's only going to help you a little. Yeah, uh, but. All because over the world, though, I think in a lot of places they don't have buoys we have. You know, we have a lot of NOAA buoys here. Right. Webcams everywhere. If you're on one of those coastlines that doesn't have a lot of stuff, yeah. this is going to be a huge window yeah. into what's going on. And then even if you have 10 webcams, like at Waikiki, they don't tell you everything about what's going on in the, in the swell. You know, the cameras are just an indicator, but I think it's it's not overlapping and such as it would be adding to it to have the buoy out there too. Yeah. And then you can know, oh, that's why this side's better than the other side. Or, right, right. So, but so much of it that we don't know, and yeah. I think the more I learn, the more I feel like we don't know. Well, since the intimacy, you always had, you always had, you, when I was at MSC, you always had the same fun stoke level for maps. Yeah, yeah. It's, no. doesn't like, oh, I'm kind of getting over, I'm over no, it. No, I'm not over it at all. No, it's funny. <laughs> I'm so psyched, yeah, and I, you know, I had a great time, you know, with that Greg Knoll project and stuff, and, and like, you could oh, see yeah, that, dude. people, the passion was there, you know, like, straight through, you can't do what you did when you were 20 or 30, but you can still get a lot of fulfillment, and like, you know, I mean, the quest is still the same, I want to see those big days, I want to, you know, it's just, you know, like, we all, we watch a car commercial and see a wave in the background, and all we are like, oh, you see that? <laughs> it's how we are, you know, yeah. and, like, it's great, man, I feel super tied into it, and like, as, as enthusiastic as ever for absolutely you yeah, are big kid thanks for their uh, good time yeah thanks for being well here. stay tuned right. stay tuned for something's more. coming soon so, hopefully oh, something's coming soon stay Got it. tuned huh eventually right I mean even the worst years have to pass There'll be waves here. No, they're it's coming. coming. They're coming. There's never been a year without some good Mavericks days. That's what yeah. I got. Right? And, yeah. They might be a little bit weirder and you got occasional down season, but it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. See you soon. See you soon. Yeah. The family. Thank you. Yeah, my wife will be happy.